the full blue moon, meaning the second full moon happening in the calendar month of August 2023, is coming up on Wednesday, August 30th at around 9.45 p.m. And it's going to be all about mastering your destiny, holding that space for yourself to fulfill your dharma and releasing situations, people in your circle, uh, habits, anything that is not serving you really sort of mastering your own destiny and fulfilling your dharma. And we're going to talk about astrologically why, of course, on this podcast episode and how you can better work with this full moon, how you can sort of harness it best in your life through your yoga practice and some journal prompts, which is what we always do here on the Yogi Scopes podcast. That's what a Yogi Scopes is. So first of all, I'd like to extend you a warm welcome or a welcome back. Um, I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I am a Vedic sidereal astrologer, which means under the sidereal zodiac, which is what we use in Vedic astrology, which pairs, in my opinion, way better with yoga if you're going to um, if you're into yoga, especially if you're a yoga teacher and you want to theme your classes or you like to teach full moon or new moon classes and you like to incorporate this stuff into your classes, I 100% think that you should be using Vedic astrology for several reasons. One reason that feels really good to me is the sidereal zodiac is a little bit more astronomical. It's a, a lot more astronomically accurate than the tropical zodiac. It's about a full sign off. It's like 26 degrees off from the tropical zodiac. Um, and it just keeps getting more off as time goes by. It's one degree every 72 years is how much it's changing, which over the course of 2000 years, since the systems were sort of together long ago, um, what we call Western astrology, or if you're in the States, what most people just call astrology before you learn about Vedic astrology uses a zodiac that was accurate 2000 years ago, but is no longer accurate because it does not factor in the procession of equinoxes. And so I have like a whole other podcast episode about that on my other podcast called The Science of Light. If you go to like my link in bio on social media, or I also put that, it's yogiscopes.com slash link in bio, you can find direct link to that podcast episode. Um, I think it's called like Astrology versus Astronomy. It's like the 11th episode or something. It was a long time ago. So if you want to nerd out more about that, the astronomy of it, you can check that out. I have some other resources. But the important part is that this full moon is happening in sidereal Aquarius, whereas you may see on social media, this is why I like to point this out and bring it up because I, I hear from people, people tell me like it's hard to sort out the noise because everybody's just out there saying stuff. And it's hard to tell because most people, unless they call that they specifically say this is Vedic astrology or this is sidereal astrology, the assumption is when somebody says astrology, they're using the tropical zodiac. So all those folks um, will be saying that this full moon is in Aquarius when in fact under the sidereal zodiac, which is more astronomically accurate, it's happening in Aquarius. The next full moon will be in Pisces. Um, there's a lot of stuff um, going on around this full moon and the next full moon. And so I'm going to tell you that today on this episode, that's what we're about to get into is all this other stuff going on that makes this full moon a little extra special. Um, but first I also want to start with a moment of personal disclosure because I, this is actually the second time I'm, this is like take two for recording this episode for me, which I almost never do. And I'm actually thinking back to the, the last time I had to do a take two on an episode Mercury was also retrograde like it is right now. And I just find myself stumbling over my words more than I usually do. And so I'm just going to roll with that. I'm going to stumble over my words. Sorry. I, here I am. I'm not perfect. Um, but the reason 
the last time I had to do a take two of an episode was the Saturn and Aquarius episode that I put out like last December or something. I had to record that episode like four times and edit it a lot because I just kept like getting off track and like not feeling super clear, which Mercury was also retrograde at the time, I think, maybe. But um, what's important though, the personal disclosure piece is that I have moon and Saturn and some other placements, but importantly, my moon and Saturn are very nearly conjoined in Aquarius in this nakshatra of Shatabisha where this full moon is happening. So it just feels a little extra personal for me. And when I recorded it, um, when I started recording, which it was actually yesterday, like I, I was like, all right, this is no good. I need to take some time. I took some time to like step away from it, kind of meditate, which I'm doing um, for the Mercury retrograde meditation challenge. Just meditating a little extra than usual. It's, it's there's still time to join that if you're interested. But I was like, I just need to like take myself out of it. And I, I had to like have a moment because it is a little extra personal for me. And I feel like some of the stuff I was saying yesterday was a little bit more like it was like a projection of my experience than what may be true on a collective level. So I just want to say that because I feel like it's important to um, acknowledge that because I've adjusted my notes and I've taken time to meditate on it and kind of clear out my brain and my space before I re-record right now, but it, there's still some degree of like, this is like everything to me. This is like, you know, um, so anyway, let, let's talk about it. This full moon is happening inside Uriel Aquarius. It is happening in the nakshatra of Shatabisha, which is known as the 100 healers. We'll talk about more about what that means in just a moment, but I want to tell you about the other stuff happening um, over the course of this year because this is a big deal because just before the moment, the peak of the full moon, kind of like the last full moon we had, or it was the last new moon in Cancer just a couple weeks ago, we had um, the moon had crossed path with retrograding Venus right before the moment of the new moon. So I was telling you, it was also the second new moon in Cancer in a row. It's a really good time to consider what Venus retrograde is being, bringing up in your life and how you're going to sort of work with that in your life. Then at this full moon, we have a similar thing happening where it's like six hours. It's a little bit longer before the full moon than it was with the last new moon. But around, I have it written down, 3.33 p.m. Eastern time, synchronous number, I guess, um, a little synchronicity for me personally. This is why I'm like, I'm having a hard time like taking myself out of it with this one. It does feel a little extra personal for me. And I want to acknowledge that so that you know. Um, that that's just what it is. That's a thing. Um, so just before the, the full moon, which is at 9.45 p.m. on that day, the moon will cross paths with retrograding Saturn. And Saturn is the ruler of Aquarius along with Rahu. Rahu, the north node of the moon, is considered a co-ruler of Aquarius. And the nakshatra of Shatabisha is ruled by Rahu. So this full moon in general has like big connections to Saturn and Rahu like already just by nature of it happening in Aquarius. Um, and of course, we'll talk more about what that means if that just sounds jargony to you now. Um, but I want to bring up some other stuff that's been happening with Saturn and Rahu over the course of this year. So just first, Saturn is... The, it's like the planet of hard work and selfless service. And so Saturn is where Aquarius gets the qualities. If you're familiar, Aquarius has these qualities of being like, um, 
eccentric and I just saw a meme this morning that was like if it's one thing an Aquarius is gonna do it's disagree and I was like true like I think I had just gotten done like disagreeing with somebody in the comments somewhere else respectfully so but I was disagree and so I was like that's true that's valid as a very strong Aquarius person yes um, so like Aquarius in general the qualities are like um, there's a hardworking quality there is like often a stereotype that Aquarius gets is like thinking they're better than everybody or thinking they're like an alien and they're like different and I'm like yeah okay like valid like that's something I've been working through in my personal life so I can validate this um, and but that comes from Saturn and Rahu these qualities of Saturn and Rahu because there is like a very hard-working nature to Aquarius, which will be coming up at this full moon. The reason I bring the, these qualities up is because these are the qualities you're going to want to harness at the full moon. So there's this element of, of hardworking um, towards your dharma. So Shatabisha, the nakshatra, is um, its aim, its purushartha, its aim of life is dharma, which I, I think I spent some time talking about this also on the last episode, and I have an episode on the science of light, if you want to dive more into the four aims of life, the four Purusharthas, but there's a big connection at this full moon to your dharma, towards working hard towards your dharma. And that comes from Saturn being the ruler of Aquarius in general, and the fact that Saturn is in Aquarius right now, retrograding in Aquarius, and will just moments before, moments, I mean six hours, but moments, before the full moon, while the moon is in its full phase, so moments before the peak, but certainly while it's in the full phase um, of the moon cycle, on that day, the moon will cross paths with Saturn. So it's um, it's a good time to consider what are you working hard towards, right? Like what are are you working hard towards your dharma, towards your unique path? And so that's where the Rahu qualities come in this like eccentricity that's what Rahu being a co-rule of Aquarius is like what gives Aquarius this like more eccentric so that's where Saturn rules both Capricorn and Aquarius and sort of the difference between Capricorn being like the hardworking, maybe also sort of like um well actually kind of energy you know um that kind of like hardworking, uh maybe even looking down on people who we perceive to not be working as hard. There's this like almost condescending, I guess, kind of quality is the more like shadow side of these signs. Um, and, and prioritizing hard work over emotions. Those are the Saturn qualities that, that both Capricorn and Aquarius share. But the difference with Aquarius is that it's an air sign rather than an earth sign. So there's that there. It's a little bit more like, woo woo, like airy rather than, super grounded and earthy like Capricorn, but then also having Rahu as a co-ruler, Aquarius, is that's where it gets the eccentricity and the um, quirkiness, I guess, that is coming from Rahu. And so those are the qualities in a nutshell of like sort of what's going on at this full moon. But let's talk about some other astrological things happening that are important. So we're going to talk about in the scheme of this year, and then we're going to zoom out and talk about in the scheme of like this decade. Okay. Because there's some other stuff going on at this full moon, um, or like around this full moon that this full moon might be sort of, um, bringing to fruition, bringing full circle or like, uh, we'll talk about it. Okay. So, 
Um, another, the reason I say full circle, I always say that for a full moon in general, because a full moon is kind of like bringing the lunar cycle full circle. It's like the full circle of the moon, right? And then also it's like the peak. It's like the, the full moon is like when things come to fruition and from there you're only shedding, right? So that's just a full moon in general. But this one happening in Shadabisha, the symbol for Shadabisha is a circle, an empty circle. So part of what we'll be considering for this full moon is how you're holding space for yourself. What, what are you like drawing a line in the sand, like the circle in the sand around yourself? Like where are you drawing these boundaries? How are you holding these, this space for yourself? And then also like your circle, um, like the circle of people around you because Aquarius being the 11th sign of the Zodiac has this connection to the collective and to your network circles. So those things are coming up as well. Um, but then because of that circle symbolism, it's like, what are you bringing full circle this year? And so remember I was saying there's connections to Saturn and Rahu already because Aquarius is ruled by both of them. Um, and then there's been some interesting stuff going on with Saturn and Rahu in the sky around Aquarius this year. So let's rewind to February. So in January, Saturn moved to Aquarius, which is a big deal, especially if you're a Capricorn, Aquarius, or Pisces moon. That makes you in your Sati Sati. So it's a big deal for those folks a little bit extra, but it's a big deal for everybody because that's where we kind of see like some of the lifting of COVID restrictions. It's like when people just kind of like stopped caring was really strongly related to Saturn in Aquarius rather than Capricorn. So that's one thing. And you might be able to track um, some ways things have changed in your life over the course of this year since that transit. Um, but in February, we had a new moon in Aquarius, which means the sun was in Aquarius because wherever a new moon is, it's like the moon is conjoined with the sun at a new moon, at a full moon, they're opposite each other in the sky, which makes sense because that's how the moon is reflecting all of the sun's light at a full moon. And if it's in the same like line from, from earth in the same place in the sky, that's what makes a new moon. And so in February, right after Saturn moved to Aquarius, the sun was there which makes Saturn combust. And in Vedic astrology, when planets are combust, they are, it's when they get within a certain degree of the sun and it depends, like it's different degrees for different planets. But what's important is at the time of the new moon in February that was in Aquarius, Saturn was combust. Meaning Saturn was having a hard time, right? And Saturn is again having a hard time now because it's retrograde, right? And so it's just like these energies of Saturn and Saturn related things, which is, um, like your hard work, your, your duty, your sense of discipline and duty. Like what, what are you dutiful towards and what are you working hard towards this sort of concept of Dharma? Like what is worth working hard towards for you is being a little bit challenged and was being a little bit challenged at the new moon in Aquarius earlier this year, which I was probably telling you at the time, you can go back and listen to the podcast episode. I don't remember, but I'm sure that I said something related to like, set your intentions for this entire Saturn in Aquarius transit. And especially for this year, like what, what are you working hard towards? Like what, um, what is, what work is Saturn doing in your life? Right. And at the time, the day of that new moon in February, Rahu was, um, moved to Ashwini, which is the first nakshatra of the Zodiac, the first nakshatra lunar mansion of, um, 
of Aries, where Rahu is. And so that was kind of a big deal. It was like a shift um, as we're working with this Rahu in Aries and K2 and Libra transits. Uh, there, there was a decent like shift happening around that new moon. And so now at this full moon, which in general, any full moon, you can look back to six months prior. So you can think of a full moon as like, it's time to sort of bring to fruition anything over the past lunar cycle, the past month, or the past six months since there was a new moon in that sign. And that goes for any full moon. But this one is like a little bit of an extra big deal because of all these other things going on that I'm talking about um, with Saturn retrograde, Saturn being there in Aquarius, it being a blue moon, which I sent this out in my newsletter a couple times, um, like in the August newsletter, that a blue moon is not a Vedic astrology concept. It's purely, like it's not really astrology at all. It's purely like calendar based. It's like we have two full moons in the same month, but Vedic astrology recognizes that the lunar cycle, there's like 13 moons in a year, 13 moon cycles in a 12 month calendar year. We base our calendar off the solar cycles and um, Vedic astrology is a more lunar based system than Western astrology is a more solar based system. Everything's placed on the sun sign in Western astrology and so are our calendars. So there's like some validity to that, but Vedic astrology has this concept called a Dika Masa, the intercalary month. It's extra auspicious. I might've talked about it on the August Outlook episode, but I definitely sent a newsletter out about it actually too. Um, how this month in general, because of the Adika Masa in Shravana, Nakshatra, it's a good time for like listening. It's a good time for um, like slowing down and being more spiritual in general and sort of listening to the whispers of, of the universe, listening to the people around you, listening more than you talk, listening more than you speak in general. So that's already sort of going on, making this, this full moon a little extra special. And then right now... Um, so I talked about what was going on with Saturn and Rahu at the new moon in February. And then right now, Saturn is retrograde here in Aquarius. And the moon conjoins sat retrograding Saturn at 3.33 p.m. on the day of the full moon, which just to me, I'm like, that's got to mean something. Maybe it means something a little extra to me because, in fact, Saturn will be like within degrees of my natal Saturn. And so will this full moon of my natal one. So it's a little extra impactful for me maybe than, than others. And I want to point that out, but, but it, it's still valid that this is a big one, right? I hope that's what I'm communicating. Um, and then on August 28th, which is Monday. So just before the full moon, Rahu is going to move into its Gandanta zone, which means it is in the first Pada or the first part of Ashwini Nakshatra. And so Gandanta is the, the first pada, uh, of, which is three degrees and 20 minutes, if you're curious, of um, a fire sign and the last pada of a water sign. And typically, planets move forward through the zodiac. All other planets except for Rahu and Ketu move from water signs to fire signs, but Rahu and Ketu are technically always retrograde. They, they don't go retrograde. They just always move in the opposite direction of all the other planets. And so anyway, so Rahu is moving back from Aries to Pisces because that's just the direction it goes. Whereas other planets would move from Pisces and then to Aries. But um, Rahu is moving into its Gandanta zone, meaning if there's anything you're sort of working with, 
related to this um, transit of the nodes of Rahu and Ketu, they are probably like, things are going to pick up. Like if you haven't uh, gotten the message from the universe related to that, uh, you can expect the messages to get a little louder at this point. And so this full moon in general will, because it is related to Rahu in the ways that I described earlier, it's um, going to be a time to consider maybe what are you holding on to that, that Rahu is trying to show you is, is not something you should continue to be holding on to. Um, in what ways can you like bet on yourself some more? I guess that's very Rahu and Aries like um, thing. Can you bet on yourself and um, become the master of your own destiny? We'll talk about that more too. But I want to talk about zooming out the larger cycle. So so this is kind of going on in the cycle of this year of how are you working hard towards your your dharma, your destiny, like what is worth your obsession in your life? What is worth your hard work? And this kind of stuff is like what this full moon and this just stuff going on with Saturn and Rahu is trying to ask you or show you or point you in the direction of. So any challenges you might be experiencing, you could consider how that's related. We'll talk about that more in the journal prompts, but in a larger cycle that we're in, um, this full moon is happening in Aquarius, which means the sun is in Leo. Okay, and we've also, if you've been listening to the podcast for a little bit, we've had a lot of stuff going on around Leo lately. We've had Venus begun retrograding there, and we have Mercury retrograding there. Now, Venus has moved back to Cancer, but Cancer is ruled by the moon, so that's kind of getting tied into this um, full moon still, is like any challenges you might be experiencing around the Cancer area of your chart, around the Venus retrograde. Um, this full moon might be kind of like a tipping point or a time to really let go ar around whatever challenges you're experiencing there. But then, so with the Sun in Leo, and with Mercury retrograding in Leo, and the the Aquarius and Leo axis, so Leo's ruled by the sun. So it's great that the sun's there right now. Um, it's, it's great for this like self-expression and Mercury retrograde might be like kind of challenging your self-expression. And so that's what we're sort of working with in the challenge, which again, it's still not too late to sign up for. I actually have the signups closing on the day of the full moon, which is next Wednesday, one week into Mercury retrograde. Um, so anyway, so that's what we're kind of working with is like what's coming up around your self-expression. And um, then with it being on an axis with Aquarius, what this axis, this Aquarius and Leo axis is all about in general is Leo is all about your creativity, maybe also your children, but like if you have them or want them or just your relationship with children. So inner child work to a degree um, is coming up and, and how is that impacting how you express yourself now. But where the Aquarius axis comes in is to sort of temper this, this just full expression of yourself when you're like, I just want to be like fully expressed and be me and, and show off and be flashy. And Aquarius is like, okay, good. How does that serve the collective, right? Like what is so good about you that the world needs, right? And so that's this like dynamic that we have going on right now on the Aquarius and Leo axis. And looking back historically, historically meaning like within the last eight years and then the next like two. So a decade from 2015 to 2025, there's some pretty important stuff happening 
around the Aquarius and Leo axis. And so again, I'm going to say like the reason I'm probably thinking this might be a big, bigger deal to me as an Aquarius or you if you're an Aquarius or Leo's in general, or then also maybe Taurus and Scorpio folks, this might, this stuff might be, feel like a bigger deal for than some others. So I just want to say that that's why I like brought up the personal disclosure. I think the reason this stuff sticks out in my mind a little bit more is because these times have been really big turning points in my life, but that's because as an Aquarius moon, um, it's just been, it's been a big deal for me. So it might be like a smaller deal for you, but it's worth pointing out is what I'm getting at. The last time Venus was retrograde in Leo was in 2015, in like July and August of 2015. And so there is this element of with this Venus retrograde of like completing a cycle there. Hopefully, hopefully with anything astrologically, when you're like completing a cycle, you're like learning the lesson because it's the thing is like, you're going to keep getting presented with challenges until you sort of like learn your lesson. Um, and so hopefully between whatever challenges you were experiencing in 2015, maybe you remember, maybe you don't, um, to now, hopefully you're like reaching a new level related to all the Venus retrograde things. So if you want to know more about that, go back and listen to that episode. Um, but so that, and at that time, there was a blue moon in Shravana on August 1st of 2015. And so we're in the month of Shravana right now. So it's like there's this, um, and we're having this intercalary month in Shravana. So that's sort of drawing the connection there, right, to completing cycles between now, between 2015 and now. And then there's another important date in 2017, the eclipses. Rahu and Ketu were um, on the Aquarius and Leo axis then, and they will be again in 2025. Um, so they're about to move to Pisces and Virgo later this year, which I will talk about on an upcoming podcast episode. Of course, I'll give you a whole podcast episode about what that's going to mean. Um, but in 2025, so that's where that's coming up is that's when from 2017, they will be Rahu and K2 will be doing their thing again on the Leo axis, but there was an eclipse in Leo in 2017. And at the time, um, Venus was in cancer with Rahu and they were both Gandanta in Ashlesha, which is where Venus is retrograding right now. So there's also like maybe some stuff that was coming up for you around August of 2017 is coming up again now. Um, and so, yeah. And so I just want to point that out that like, look back at those August of 2015, August of 2017, and see if there were sort of related themes to those times for you, what was coming up for you. And so that's why I'm like, in my life, I'm like, Ooh, that's a big deal. Um, but if you're not an Aquarius or Leo or maybe Taurus or Scorpio, it might feel like less of a deal. I don't know. I would love to hear from you and hear like what you're experiencing with that. Um, like hit me up on Instagram or something, Yogi Scopes on Instagram or in the Facebook group, the Yoga Plus Astrology Facebook group. Those are both good ways to find me. And that, that eclipse, in fact, Saturn was in Scorpio at the time, but was aspecting the eclipse. So it's just like there's very similar energies that were going on then that are going on now. And these are sort of like larger cycles 
that may be sort of being brought to fruition now. So from August of 2015, August of 2017 to February of this year, over spanning over the last six months to now. And then there's another element of like whatever's going on in your life now and whatever you're working with, um, we'll be experiencing some more challenging energies, some more potential for up leveling in 2025, early 20, like spring, spring in the Northern hemisphere. I guess that's fall in the Southern hemisphere of 2025. So hopefully that all made sense. Hopefully, um, that brought up some stuff of like what, what you've been working with and what, how you want to like set your intentions. So let's just, uh, recap with the overall energies of this full moon because of all the stuff I was talking about because of what's going on with Saturn, what's going on with Rahu, um, the co-rulers of Aquarius, what's going on with the sun and Venus and Mercury retrograde and all this other stuff that's impacting this full moon. Let's just recap it with these overall energies before we get into your yoga practices and journal prompts. And quickly, I also would like to invite you to moon day. There's still two spots left for our um, full moon event that's here locally. If you're in the Asheville area and can come on Sunday, there's two spots left. Um, I would love to see y'all there. Otherwise, I would love to see you in the meditation challenge or at moon day will now be live on YouTube. Um, if you want to do a practice with us for this full moon and um, yeah, so the overall energies. Oh, also before I say the overall energies, um, congrats to the astrology for yogis graduates. That's actually why I planned it to be for this week. It just felt really auspicious for this week for you all to sort of being bringing full circle yourselves as astrologers in this journey you've been go been going on to learn astrology and to lean into with the homeworks and projects we've had to lean into like your unique special flavor and how that can serve the collective. And that's what we're sort of working with over this week in our final week of the program. So I just want to congratulate you all for making it through, for putting in the work and, and I wish you the utmost success in now the work really begins of this Aquarius and Leo axis that we have going on. And so if you're ready to become a Vedic astrologer and want to learn more about that, you could start with the birth chart basics mini course, which is if you go to yogiscopes.com slash offerings, you can just find that there and sign up for it. But you can also get on the wait list for astrology for yogis because it will open again for enrollment in mid September. So just a couple weeks now, really, it's like really flying up and, 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 you know, time is just flying by and it's sneaking up on me. So if you get on the wait list, the wait, the enrollment will open for the wait list first and there'll be a special deal um, for folks on the wait list that will go away when enrollment opens for everybody about a week later. So um, just FYI, if you want to know the wait list is going to open the day that Mercury goes direct, which is September 15th, the enrollment will open the day Mercury goes direct and um, it will open for everybody a week later. So if you're really super interested and want to get a special deal, you might as well just go to yogiscopes.com slash waitlist and sign up. All you have to do is put in your email and I will email you when it's time. So just to recap, the overall energies of this full moon are holding space for yourself to act independently and tap into your own medicine or follow your dharma. Because remember, Shadabisha Nakshatra is the 100 healers. It's 100 stars 
within the constellation of Aquarius that makes a circle. So that's where the circle um, symbolism is coming from. And so what, the way I interpret Shadowbisha, which again, this is coming from like my own, because I have Moon and Saturn in Shadowbisha. So um, this is why I think of it this way, I guess, is that it's less about the, it's less about be thinking surrounding yourself with a hundred healers or a hundred physicians. It's you have the power of a hundred healers and a hundred physicians within you. And the goal or the task is to just uncover that it's to find it. And that's hopefully what I've have hopefully communicated to you all in the astrology for yogis course. And, and my goal is to teach more people how to be a healer in the sense that you uncover that within your clients, which is kind of revolutionary. Um, compared to most other Vedic astrologers because a lot of people come to astrology and this is the way a lot of astrologers approach it is that they have some wisdom that they're bestowing on you because they know the secrets of astrology and you have to go get the secrets from them. But hopefully a good astrologer, in my opinion, will not treat it that way. And that's what, what I've hopefully really communicated to the folks in the Astrology for Yogis course is that our goal is to help people unlock their own inner wisdom within themselves. So hopefully you're following your Dharma. Remember that's what Aquarius and Leo axis is all about is like you're unique. What makes you, you. And so if it's just that and being flashy and being you for just like, just to do it, that that's like, eh, you know, but if you're like really tapping into what makes you, you, and you're like, the world needs this, the world needs my unique, medicine my uniqueness and you're taking that from that you get from leo and applying it to the hard work and maybe even eccentricity of aquarius um and really rooting yourself in your authenticity and working hard to make some change in the world that's what the world needs more of and that's what this full moon is all about um and then so with that with aquarius being the 11th sign all about like networks and and your friends and your circle, if you will, especially with Shadow Bishop being the circle. Um, it's also a good time at this full moon to examine your circle, examine who doesn't support your Dharma. Are there people that are kind of like holding you back um, just by nature of having a relationship with them, maybe because they're not on the same page as you or um, maintaining the relationship is keeping you from doing the things you need to do, which I'm also like, sometimes you can find new ways to do the things you need to do without giving up on people or treating people as disposable. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, and also maybe to a degree, like be that person for people that's like really supportive of, of them, like being them and doing what's right for them and saying, Hey, we can still be friends, even though we're all like kind of doing this unique thing. That's very Aquarian. And hopefully you're tapping into some of that, this full moon, which is why I'm really excited for the full moon circle we're having here um, on Sunday, because that's what hopefully we'll be doing is connecting in a circle. Um, but sorry, you have to be local for that. Um, there will be another one in September that will be on a Friday night and then one in October that will be on a Saturday. So be on the lookout for those. I'm planning to announce them next week. If you want to try to get to Asheville for those. Um, and then also another overall energy is examining things that you want to bring full circle on the Aquarius and Leo axis of your chart. So you could look, you could grab the birth chart decoder, yogiscopes.com slash decoder, D-E-C-O-D-E-R. It's always linked in the show notes too. 
um, to find out what houses those are in, or if you want to grab the birth chart basics mini course, it will explain houses in more depth. If you're sick of Googling it because Google is scary and hard sometimes when it comes to astrology. So that's what the mini course is all about. It will explain houses in more depth and how it's like the birth chart decoder, but you have an hour's worth of 10 minute videos of me explaining various things. If you were, if you're into that. Um, so it could be those houses in your chart, or it could be also um, just in general, the things I talked about Aquarius and Leo, like your Dharma, your like what makes you you and how are you applying that into hard work that serves the collective, right? Like how is that going for you? And what do you want to bring full circle since February of this year, over the course of this year, as we head into the harvest season, since August of 2015, since maybe what was being brought up sim similarly, maybe a similar area of life, but a little bit different energies in August of 2017. And then what, what have you learned since then? And what could you do better between now and early of 2025? Right? So hopefully that makes sense. So your yoga practices for this full moon in general will be mandala flows, connecting with circles. So if you can do that sort of like bringing things full circle, because another characteristic of mandala flows is they're really creative, which is like very Aquarian, right? Um, and so if you want a mandala flow sequence, I will be releasing it in the membership um, on Monday. So if you're, if you want a sequence done for you, I sent out the last couple cause I wanted y'all to see what they were like, but this one is only going to go in the membership along with the sign by sign of like what you might be working with at this full moon for your rising and moon sign. So if you want that, if that feels supportive, I'd love to see you in there. The mercury retrograde meditation challenge along with a whole bunch of other stuff are included with membership. So, and the birth chart basics mini course is already in there. So it's like a better deal. But if you want to like pick and choose instead of signing up for the whole shebang, you could get the mini course. You could um, sign up for the challenge, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm just trying to like support y'all in a way that works for you in your astrology study journey. And then maybe also theming your classes or practices around astrology. So your journal prompts are what are you trying to bring full circle this year as we head into harvest season and then zoom out and think about what nudges have you received since 2015 and in what ways could you embrace the direction they're trying to send you in a little bit more fully a little bit more like towards expressing yourself in a way that serves the collective how could you like what have you noticed what has been hard um and and how could you be a little bit more aligned there and then third question, how well do you hold space for yourself? Reflect on how well you hold space for yourself in various aspects of your life, including self-care, boundaries, personal growth. Like where do you draw that line in the sand around yourself to say, this is what I really need to show up as the person that I want to be. That's also being brought up a lot by this um, Venus retrograde and Mercury retrograde. And how are you sort of fitting in, fitting that in so that you can be more fully expressed, right? Um, and then are there any areas where you need to create more space that could look like time, like a physical space, whatever, for self-expression, self-care, and self-discovery? Are you holding the space for yourself for that? Because nobody else is going to do it for you. You can just be grumpy and resentful that you don't have time for yourself and be mad at other people like it's their fault. Or you can get better at thinking of what realistically that could look like and communicating because I imagine most people are going to be happy to oblige. 
And if they're not, maybe they're some of the people that need to fall away out of your circle, right? At this full moon, like we were talking about. And then last question is where do you fall on the ego driven versus collective minded continuum? So think Aquarius as the collective minded um, of like working hard towards the greater good and Leo as the like flashy, like I'm so good and this is why. You're probably somewhere on the spectrum. Like maybe you're always worrying about other people less than about yourself and you can stand to be a little bit more self-confident or maybe you are really confident but you don't do stuff for the collective much and you might feel better if you did. So could you stand to pull yourself closer to center and further away from either always prioritizing others' needs over yourself or um, maybe it might feel good to start to think about how what you're so good at could serve the greater good. Because that's what we're all, you know, is the question I've been thinking about all Venus retrograde is like, if your spiritual practice doesn't make you a kinder, gentler person to yourself and to others around you in an everyday life, like, why are you doing it? Like, genuine question. Uh, that's really important to me and my values. And I just wonder if it's as important to other people. So again, that's another thing I'd love to hear from you about. So I hope you have a beautiful full moon. I hope to see, I'm excited for those of y'all that I'll see in person on Sunday. Um, I'm excited for those of y'all that I'll see bright and early Monday morning to do a meditation for free live on YouTube or those of you in the challenge or the membership that will be joining us for a flow practice on Wednesday on the morning of the full moon. So please remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.